Hey there, folks. This is The Guru here. You are about to listen to a behind-the-scenes podcast, or in-the-field podcast, if you will. We hope you enjoy these podcasts, and if you don't mind, if you love what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to this. We just want to say thank you for the support, and welcome to Elk Season. Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience, presented by Onyx. All right, guys, we are here for another episode of the Born and Raised Audio Experience. This one is brought to you in the backcountry, well, front country still technically in Colorado, uh, surrounded with a great group of guys here. Uh, we've got Zach and Ted from The Hunting Public. I have Zach from Onyx and the one and only, um, since Trent's not here, I'm going to say Weston or Wesley, as I like to call him, his real name. Um, we're here on an inaugural elk hunt for Zach and Ted, and then uh, Zach Sando and I from Onyx have shared elk camp before, so it's good to be reunited. And I'm just excited. Like for me, don't have a tag. Literally here just to help out, do whatever I can do to make you guys successful. Um, we got two tags in camp, Zach and Zach. <laughs> we kill a couple bulls, maybe Ted and Wes are up. Is that the plan? Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, we're here and I'm just really excited about, uh, kind of sharing my knowledge of mistakes. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have a lot of questions for you guys that probably a lot of people ask and yeah, it's just something that I, I feel like with whitetail hunting experience, that's hunting experience, but it's not elk hunting experience. It's a different terrain different habitat type I mean, there's a lot of questions that yeah i know we're gonna have yeah i got a lot of ideas and stuff and like we've talked about a lot of ideas that we have so it'll be interesting to see yeah. i want to hear them what's different and yeah well yeah i mean stuff like that so first off yeah zach mm-hmm. introduce yourself um yeah so zach the hunting public i have hunted deer and turkey since i was like i, I can't even remember my first deer and turkey hunts um, and hunted public land since I was 12 years old for deer and turkey, and that's just really what I know. Um, you know, I think some things of that experience are going to play into this, like getting away from other hunters. Some of that stuff is going to like transition mm-hmm. over, but I, I don't know exactly how. I think it's, it's just at a broader exactly. scale, kind yeah. of, you know, bigger scale. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think, yeah. you know, from my perspective, it's you guys honestly are very similar. You hunt very similar. You both public land, different areas, mm-hmm. and you kind of learn as you go. And yeah. You just go to a brand new area and then just see what the That's critters another, are doing. Yeah. And so I'm excited, kind of from the outside looking in on the two styles of hunting, seeing the similarities, but then also seeing, like, how you guys learn and when you start hearing the elk and it's i really think you're gonna find that it's a lot of similar just your styles mm-hmm. obviously we're hunting a different critter here but right. it's gonna be pretty cool because it's yeah. 
really you two are the same thing. It's just one's hunting elk and one hunts whitetail. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing that, like, Ted and, and I both like is that super aggressive, like, on-the-fly style. Like, we talk about, definitely him and I often, like, just learning it as you go, go into it blind, whatever it may be, just, like, be ready to adjust. And I think just from, like, listening to you guys talk in your videos, watching you do it, I feel like I... I already have an expectation of like how it's gonna go, and I feel like I'm, I'm, that that works for me. You know yeah. what I mean? That that like, and I know I, I would say not to speak for you, bud, but I yeah. feel like you feel the same way, right, Ted? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, for our for our listeners, if you if you haven't heard of the hunting public, you need to check them out. And yeah, sorry, I didn't do a good job of. It's all good. Uh, Sometimes. I want everyone that's listening to this to understand um, who the hunting public is. If you follow us because of the way we hunt elk and things, it's a little bit different. Um, it's a lot in your face. We're either going to run elk out of the country or we're going to kill them. And I'm not saying that the hunting public guys run deer out of the country no. or they're going to kill them. No, we do. We do. Okay. Well, good. I didn't <laughs> want to say it do. for you. Yeah. No, but we, like I take a lot of pride in that actually. Like, perfect. I'm either going to spook them or I'm going to make them go. Perfect. And like yeah. that's what I want to happen. Perfect. So I don't want to sit back. Yeah. So I think where we're gonna have some fun is seeing the correlation of how they hunt whitetails. This is coming from a blacktail hunter mm-hmm. who has an avid dislike for the outdoor channel and hunting whitetails <laughs> because my deer experience <laughs> is absolutely totally different than uh, what I see on TV. And I think the reason that I don't like, I didn't like um, what I saw on outdoor television is because everything seems so perfect mm-hmm. and um, just manicured, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, but when I watched your guys', when I first started watching your guys' stuff, you guys were doing stuff that we, I actually grew up doing in the blacktail woods mm-hmm. with scent bumping, scent bumping and mm-hmm. deer drives. Yeah. Yeah. You never see that no. on the outdoor <laughs> channel, right? And so, to me, um, the way that these guys analyze deer and hunt deer is totally different than what most people have seen. And I think that the, their knowledge and how they do that is going to correlate um, into elk hunting. Because I, the way I see it is I think you guys are very analytical in some things and I think you guys will have a lot of good questions mm-hmm. as far as um, that's what I'm excited about honestly yeah. just yeah. to have you guys fire off like one thing too on the flip side of what you just said is like to me for a quite a while and truly up until like probably the last year because of watching the outdoor channel I didn't know you could hunt elk every year like this like you guys do Oh, I, because when you watch the outdoor channel it's like oh buddy drew his tag after 13 years of points and he shoots some freak and then he doesn't hunt elk for 10 more years what i don't want to do that and like <laughs> so that's what i associated with so it's kind of the same thing where mm-hmm. i'm like well I, it's not even the same it's not the same sport at all and that's funny yeah. because i feel like a lot of us east you know on the flip side of that so if you're listening on you know and, and you know the hunting public and don't know born and raised like these guys hunt elk every year and they do it aggressively and they like I think the difference for me is it's not just like you know hunt a little bit in the morning 
and then in the evening when it's good, it's like this, it feel, you know, it feels yeah. manicured. Somebody's yes. like, you know, driving you out there on the buggy and your bugle from the buggy or whatever. It's like these guys like really work hard and once they're on something, they're aggressive and it's really fun to watch. So on the flip side of things, I think the perspective from an Eastern hunter about what Western hunting is like is can be very similar. Cause I think for a lot of, I mean, would yeah. you say you have a yeah. similar opinion? Yeah. Another thing like I've heard a lot is like, Oh, Colorado over the counter, man, that's super tough. Like, I think I've heard that quite a bit. Oh, people are like, well, you're, why are you going there? Yeah. It's going to suck. And like, you guys have this different, like, you just have an attitude where you're like, we're going to go in and regardless of what happens, like, we're going to try hard oh, for them. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we're not just yeah. going to just give up. And I think that's, It only takes me, one. It's well, like that. Yeah. And it's, so, <laughs> it's so similar to how we feel here. Like, man, it's going to be tough. And there's going to be days where, like, I mean, you're crawling, you're freezing, you're crawling on a buck, you're trying to get to your tree stand without making too much noise, whatever. It's brutal. It sometimes is tough. But what, what I know is going to be similar amongst both of these groups is the fact that, like, no matter how tough it is or how, like, like how many hours or days of unsuccess there are, we're never going to give up. And that's, I think that's what I'm so attracted to like your guys's content and why I'm so stoked to go hunting with you guys. It's yeah. like, we're going to do it. Positive attitude, positive attitude, positive results. Yeah. Is, is, yep. And it is hard. I mean, like you said, but it's also like embracing the suck, the suck of it. Like, and enjoying the fact, like when we kill a bull, which we will do this week, you guys are going to fill a tag and you're going to go, it's seven and a half miles to the truck. And that's not on the trail. That's as a crow flies. And you're like, how is this going to happen? It's like one foot in front of the other. It's no different than how you killed it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just all part of the journey. And you take it all in and, like, soak it up as you come off the mountain back yeah. to the truck. So well, I think it's, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, even if we don't hear or see anything for the first five days, and then all of a sudden one comes in and you shoot a bull, you're going to look at it fondly. Yeah. 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 Right. It's true. Yeah. 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 Over downfall, all that. Yeah. yeah. Look back and be like, that was the greatest hunt. Oh, yeah. You forget about all, you know, sweating, out of food, out of water, all that stuff, because it's just like, it's like that type two fun. And yeah. then after you look at it and you're like, man, that was so great. Mm-hmm. Which is cool, because it really, honestly, like, we're talking about how rough it can be in a cam, you know, especially midday, you're getting down or whatever, and then all of a sudden you hear one bugle, and it's like your spirits change, and you forget about everything that just happened. Mm-hmm. And it, it happens. It When it goes right, it seems so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, how do you not kill one every time you step out of the truck? Yeah. yeah. I mean, re- like, right. it, oh, yeah, yeah. it's just... It's kind, of, it's kind of like, tur- and at the same time, we keep referring to whitetail, but like also it's like tur- turkeys like that. You know, we're, Very similar. We're really hardcore turkey hunters too. And I guess the, the embracing the suck or like remembering, you know, getting through that tough time to get to the, to, to the success or whatever, like that's so similar. I can't stress that enough to like how I feel about whitetail hunting at yeah. this point. It's like, man, like I remember one time last year, uh, Logan, who we hunted with, he shot a buck with, with a gun, and he didn't put a perfect shot on it. We saw it bed, we saw it bed down, so we had to stalk and get a different shot on it. We're walking through like half frozen water up to our knees with with ankle boots on, and it's to- like you know below 20 degrees, and we got another shot on it and got him, and it sucked. But like 
you know, what, you, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, you have you have to do it, and then at the end of it, we have a buck, you know, and it's like worth it. But so, like, you know, it's just like that's just one example of yeah, infinite. Like, it's it's not always like super easy, but it's worth it. And I think I don't know, it's just uh, just like watching you guys, it that hits home to me first. I would say. Yeah, and I, I think that mobile aggressive tactic you guys do in the whitetail woods is almost identical. Like. Mm-hmm. We roll in. I'm I'm excited. It's a brand new area, brand new unit, never been here before. Scoured Onyx, like okay, we're we're here, and there's tons of people, but there's not many hunters. Like well, so I, that's for, that that paint it. the picture for where we're at. Yeah. We yeah, we actually haven't done a good job at that. I would yeah. say we are within a Joe Montana football throw of a target. <laughs> yeah. Oh Probably. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And what's well, yeah, so I, I have been here, like just but briefly, right? I've been, I basically got here and checked some access points and walked up some trails and I've got off the trail some, but not like by no means anything crazy, just trying to see some basic sign, right? Just because I'm learning about elk. And I think one of the first questions that I had and one of the interesting things to me is like, you've got these areas to hunt. We're in Colorado. You can hunt a ton of units. You can buy an over-the-counter tag, and you can hunt all those units for archery. So how do you pick just one? And, and I guess one of the first things that I saw when I looked at this place, I was like, man, roads, like big roads going past. For whitetail, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on an out-of-state trip next to such a big road, but like, when you mean big, that, do you mean like highway? I mean like, or, or what do you mean? I mean like highway, like, okay. Like, if I was hunting by the same highway in Ohio, I wouldn't hunt next to the, to this highway in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I wouldn't, Just, I, would, I would go like way away from it. So like, to me, when I'm looking at a unit, like, does that have any factor or what? And then, it, it, yeah, go ahead, go so, ahead. So it's interesting question, because what I've learned, I. I try to somewhat now pick the obscure, obscure, overlooked areas because it's like I wouldn't hunt there because there is a highway. It's close to some towns. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's almost like trying to reverse engineer everything. Yeah. Um, people come up here and they see sixty cars on this road and they're like, oh, I'm out. There's too many people. There was not a parking spot. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of those. It's a roll of the dice. You never know until you go, mm-hmm. but we'll adapt accordingly. Mm-hmm. Whether we change locations or, okay, here's the fringe, like the nucleus. I mean, I try to somewhat avoid trailheads as much as possible anymore um, just because that's like an easy jump-off point, trails, access. Like if we can go cross-country, you look at the harder, harder access. But there's enough here that, okay, we'll use that as just the first little launch and then soon as we can get off trail cross country go cross country mm-hmm. um picking a unit is i think some of the data is a good guidance but it also probably like deters people like oh i won't hunt that because the success rate's only 10 percent. well it's a high volume of hunters you look at it it's a lot of non-resident hunters that may not have as much experience so you you kind of you kind of sort through that data and be like okay well how many people are actually hunting hard what's mm-hmm. the days hunted in that unit um, bull to cow ratios is, is the biggest thing for us. We like ton of area with lots of bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
yeah, it's a one thing that then did stick out to me. Like I was, I was worried that I was like, ah, ooh, roads, and like that, that immediately from my whitetail and turkey public experience, I'm just like, that's tough, right? That's that's gonna be tough. There's gonna be a lot of people, but once I got here, then I got to thinking about something else that we haven't talked about yet, and I do want to ask you guys about this. When I saw immediately, when I saw the 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 beetle kill in this area, the down trees, and just the dense timber where a guy can't just crack one from a couple hundred yards away with a rifle, I was like, ah, maybe this is something here. And that stuck out to me. It was, it was, what it was, because I think the same way about deer, areas where it's easy to hunt whitetail with a rifle are tough to hunt with a bow. Yep. Like Nebraska sandhills are tough to hunt with a bow because they get shot out with a rifle. There's not a lot of big bucks there. But you, but you, you flip to like, you know, a more dense timber area, like it gets a little bit easier. You go into more deer, higher deer densities. I got to looking at this and I was like, you know, man, like nobody can rifle hunt in here real effectively. Not like, I mean, you're basically hunting them with a bow still with right. a rifle in here. So that, does that, is that something that you're picking up? Nailed it. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That, that's literally like. You know, and seeing it on the map and then talking to you, but until we actually got here tonight is when I just got jacked because it was like, this is exactly what we'd hope okay. for, for terrain. Um, two factors there. Rifle harvest is, mm -hmm. is challenging. Age class of bulls generally are better. Right. So, that, I mean, I'm not going to hunt for the <laughs> biggest one, but chances are it might be a nice one that comes in, which is a cool yeah. deal, you know? Yeah. I mean, you always want exactly to kill That's exactly what mature. we talked about, which is, is cool. And that, because that does correlate to whitetail. So I think if you're a whitetail public land guy and you're thinking about making an elk, you know, look at some of the similar things. There's, that's a very similar thing, like looking for a rifle. Yeah, and something to touch on to you, like when you're asking, like, how do you find a unit? It also comes down to what kind of hunter are you? Right. Because there's all sorts of units in Colorado, Idaho that are 100% roadless, but super hard to go access all that. And there's other units that, like in Oregon, that have closed roads that you can bike on or walk on or even drive on. And it's not uncommon. I mean, my dad last year called a, a herd of 50 across a road in front of a diesel and they ended up shooting a bull right in front of the diesel, practically in, on the road. Yeah. But it, it's all like what, are you looking for out of a hunt? Do you want to be in the high country? Do you want to be super mobile and night bugle? Do you want to yeah. sit a wallow? Like what do you want and how, I think that's one of the things that people don't think about when they're looking at a unit. Yeah. That's they a good just, point too. That's, that's kind of how I think of it. Well, I think, I think I'm gonna end up probably wanting to hunt a lot like you guys. So this, this did, I, I mean, when you asked if it had a lot of blowdowns or talk on the phone, yeah. I was like, yeah. And I was like, I think I think I knew that was something that you were going to like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it just makes it hard. It makes it hard. And then that plays into another similarity of you want to find a place that nobody else wants to go. And, like, that's all, that's all we do with Whitetail. Like, that's, I would say we think about that before we even think about, like, what type of habitat it is it's like where does somebody not want to go whether it's right by the road or it's way the heck back there right that's and to I think totally that's a and similarity that's, we, we've found you can't be afraid i mean we've killed bulls literally like highway noise just 
yeah. bulls screaming his head off just happens every day same deal it's like the overlook stuff mm-hmm. um access yeah so i guess i have another i'm gonna just keep dude pile them on that. Yeah. <laughs> all right so um with whitetail for me when i go in i'm looking for hot sign or looking for a lot of deer or a big buck right and I mean, we could go down a rat hole of what hot sign is, but we've done plenty of podcasts on that lately. But like, when you're going into elk, oh, and I and I guess what I was getting at is like, I feel like we do a pretty good job. I'm not saying we're always perfect, but like, okay, we need to stay here and we need to get out. We need like either or or we'll come back here later in the season when maybe some factors have changed. At what point is it like? hey, we're not seeing enough sign, and what is that sign generally going to look like when you're elk hunting? Like, you go in, and you're not feeling it. What does it look like when you're not feeling it versus when you are feeling it? Yeah, I mean, the coolest thing about elk in September is a bugle. Mm-hmm. Like, that volk, um, we we hunt with the bugle. That's our binoculars. That's our, I mean, mm-hmm. we cover ground with our boots, bugle a lot. Um, so the sign side of it is looking for fresh rubs, um, and tracks tracks rubs scat obviously you know and if it's low density in that it's like okay if the hunting pressure is low i can be okay with that knowing like when we find one he'll play ball Mm -hmm. um if and and we'll play around with that and we've done that where it's like we heard one bull that day and we killed it but it was four o'clock in the afternoon it was the only elk we got on but he came in good and you know called really well um if it's a lot of density but there's people around it doesn't deter me too much just depends at uh what the winds are doing if it's consistent winds then we feel good about killing if it's inconsistent winds then it's like all right let's move and the the one thing about colorado that you will learn with these big mountains especially hunting on on a range like this it is the thermals are about as predictable as i mean that's good no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, unpredictable. unpredictable. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's the general down in the morning, up in the afternoon, but in it'll reality, be, yeah, it's, it'll it's be gonna, different on ridges. Oh, yeah. So the biggest thing, like, to pay attention to is um, draws, uh, sun, like where the sun's at, where the shade's at, knowing that you can get away with okay if we keep on this even though the bull's up there on the face and it's blowing up the face we can stay down here in the creek and it'll be blowing down and call him off that face even though like the wind if you went 20 yards it wouldn't be at your back so just playing that thermal game but it is the first year i remember ty and steve when we came to colorado had a day they got on 14 bulls and staying there inside bow range Jeez. and every single one got winded and they're like <laughs> it was the most frustrating day of elk hunting i'm like Dude, it was the most epic day. You had yeah. 14 bugling bulls inside 80 yards. Like, how can you complain? It was like, it was tough because Mother Nature's gave him the finger, you know, two multiple times. Yeah. So, um, yeah. See, that's, it's interesting. And I, I mean, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people that, like, can't figure out the wind in whitetail woods, let alone when you get up in the mountains. So it's something yeah. that, in the in like in my eyes i i a lot of times one thing that you said that i think gets overlooked at least in whitetail hunters and maybe elk hunters too the sun 
The sun, yeah. in my opinion, it heats something up, it makes it go yeah. up, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. that's consistent. Like 100%. when I hunt, what's that face? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's hundred percent. Okay. Because <laughs> no. like when a lot of times I'll sit on a like if I was gonna sit a tree stand in a ridge and I knew that sun's gonna come up and hit that hillside, I'm gonna play like a rising more of a rising scent. And I I think that I think that sun factor like it's just everybody wants to look at a forecast and just say well the wind's blowing out of the northwest and they want it to be exactly that way and like i mean that's just not the case like the wind just isn't going to do it's going to follow terrain it's going to follow water cool areas like yeah like difference in temperature of like just the terrain yeah, yeah. it's yeah. going to make a huge difference topography and, totally yeah, yeah. yeah. like and, i don't even look at the weather forecast with wind direction here it's no. yeah I mean, you know, really, and and we also will cover ground where you'll be like, dude, the wind's right at our back. It's like it's okay because if the elk are off left, right, we still have a play. Like mm-hmm. we have to get this way to cover ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once we locate them, that's when we start playing that wind as much as possible. And typically, they're not gonna smell you before we locate them because we our style is bugle, right? Uh-huh. And like like you said about when is when is the time for us to move or not? It could possibly be that we are in a lot of sign, but we haven't heard a bugle after three days. Mm-hmm. So then, even then if, get, I mean, at that point, it's, it. at no. that point, it's just, there's a bunch of elk there, but we're looking for the one that wants to bugle and play the way we play. So that's kind of turkeys in areas where yeah. you find scratching on every ridge and never hear a gobble for days and days. And it's like, yeah, yeah. at that point, mm-hmm. move on. Yeah. Yes. It's not worth the hunting the, the bird that's not gobbling, right? It's the same. Yeah. Yeah, so Sandow, we hunted together two years ago, actually like late in archery season because it was like the 10th of October 10th 10th or something. Um, What was your take on like our style coming into that situation? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, those elk aren't talking much there. And so we were just getting in, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about different topography and stuff like that. I mean, we could see fields down in the bottom where we were hunting private land. And so we're trying to catch these big herds coming up into the public but we remember we saw that one bull and they wouldn't talk we could see him at like 400 yards and you know they weren't gonna play and so we moved on and we found a couple that wanted to play <laughs> i think that's so cool and yeah. it just took yeah. some time i yeah. mean even you know we're talking about obscure areas that last bull the last morning i could hear the cars going and we had a quarter mile of public down to the main road and there just happened to be a bull that sounded literally off once bedded on the done. knob and so we just got in tight, and I think you had to call to him. It took a four long, or five yeah. Times it's like that dance of getting his excitement up, and then finally, like it was, he was raking, screaming fast. And <laughs> but it was the perfect example of you know we knew there was elk there. We mm-hmm. we would see them, hear them in the bottoms, but they weren't talking. But then finally, we found a couple bulls that wanted to play, and we got close. And honestly, like they do talk in October, and they're still rutting, but it's late. Mm-hmm. It was really late, but biggest things we were just covering country and trying to find the ones that would play with us and respond back and ended up getting a couple chances there i'm really anxious here just because season dates normally this season's open a week earlier usually right now on labor day weekend it's a week of season and we the earliest i've ever been here september 1st so we're right in the same time frame but it's also been treaded on for nine days usually you know so i'm anxious and we've had I've showed up too on the 10th of September in Colorado and it's like, 
mega scream fest and then by the 12th or 13th it's like slows down so i'm anxious i think so, as yeah, this week got, as this week goes on i think it'll build well, um we, we i feel like this has entered a different question that i have right yeah. and, and two i guess maybe two questions the first question is is like timing so obviously you answered some of it like early I think like this they're starting to ramp up correct like they're starting to actually like do the bugling like more frequently yeah. right yep now I'm gonna hunt with you guys for 10 days I'm gonna take a couple days break and then my buddies are coming out and we're gonna hunt for another whatever seven days so we'll be hunting from like the 14th till the, for like another week at least so like how is it going to change? How are they going to change from where they are? The bugling, like, are they going to change elevation significantly? Not much. And is the bugling going to be much different, or is it just variable? Totally. I, I pretty unpredictable, honestly. Um, depends on pressure. You know, mm -hmm. the big part of, like, where they're at going to be on the mountain. Mm -hmm. Like, you may see some of these, like, push right down on some private low. They may be still a timberline um, at that time. Uh, the biggest thing is wherever those cows are want to be, mm -hmm. like is where those bulls are going to be around. Um, I like early because the chance of getting a, a bull that doesn't isn't so much locked on cows. Like they're pretty aggressive searching, so they're cruising ground. They're kind of doing the same like same thing as we are. It's like when we crest a ridge, we'll crack off a bugle. If you watch bulls and, and watch them in some open country, like as soon as they come out of a basin, they get to the ridge top, they sound check the basin bugle a couple times and then based on that they make their decision like they're going to move down here like mm. so we're basically emulating that cruising bull that's like mm -hmm. in search um they definitely can get more uh defensive and aggressive in the fighting mode um now we might it, it may be like a combination of like they just are coming in to check out what's going on like oh cool i haven't been around some more out like let's go check out what's early going on. or late early okay. yeah where yeah. later is going to be more in that emotion uh aggressive with that said first of september i've had them like drooling coming in screaming your face off like <laughs> ready for the fight so one oh sorry yeah, go ahead. one thing you could probably expect is bulls to have more cows with sure them. and yeah. that's something i think that i think that you maybe told me like briefly on the phone so like my question with that then is it like does that make it like significantly harder? I mean, we had talked too, it's like Tom with hens, right? Tom, a Tom seeing it's flipped with turkeys, like later in the season, you get Toms that are kind of broke up and they're willing to, they're willing to move a little bit more. Uh, they're, they're hend up early, break away late. Sounds like with bulls, they're cruising more and then they kind of get locked down with the, 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 the cows. Is it gonna be, I, I don't know. I guess what are the similarities and in, in differences, or are there not just like it's just so variable? Talk, that about, it talk about the midday madness and getting in. Yeah, yeah. the biggest thing, like Wes kind of touched on for us, is you know, when you said how you'd seen elk hunting on television, uh -huh. hunt in the morning, cruise back to the cabin, the wall tent, whatever, have a big midday breakfast, lunch, nap, right. head back out at six o'clock. And for me, I would literally rather miss the daylight hunt and hunt from eight o'clock until dark all day hard mm -hmm. and like we've done it too or we night bugle road bugle cover miles 
like if we're not on a trail vehicle however it is like cover as much ground and sleep as little as possible and get up and do it um but for us that midday a lot of times people like hear bull bugle in the morning like oh he, he took his cows and pushed them away well no they're headed to bed the lead cows knowing where they're going they're he's going to scream but just follow wherever they're going so a lot of people do that they quit they're like oh yep they climb the mountain and I'm going to go back to camp and I'll hunt them, and hunt them in the evening when they try to drop back down to this meadow. And, and that's more of a late season thing. Or, or even, early. yeah, yeah, early for sure. Um, so for us, like from 11 o'clock to 1 or 2 o'clock is supreme. The cows are bedded. He's content with what's going on. That's when he'll get out and explore. It's, it's hard to pull a bull off of cows early, early in the morning. Um, he's in with a herd. He's... And you never know what happened last night. He could have had two other bulls that came in and he got his butt kicked and he's already like tucked tail and pushed the cows out of there. Um, where that midday madness, you slip in there, you get him to answer to a cow call, he bugles, you cut him off with a bugle and it's like, whoa, okay, maybe. And then next thing you know, I mean, this happened in Idaho last year. We, we had a bull screaming his face off right at daylight. They moved up around the basin. We lost track of him actually ended up glassing them, luckily, and pinpointed them, hiked all the way around the mountain, dropped in on them, and literally within five minutes, he was inside 25 yards. And he traveled like 150 yards from his bedded cows. It was like, he was like, wait a second, bulls in my territory, what's going on? He's like, they're totally content with what's going on there. Mm -hmm. And, you know. But the, so main, just, but the main thing that he said was, is he wasn't hunting moving elk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He yeah. knew you can get on Onyx and literally break down and go, oh, they're going there. Oh, yeah. Because that's a bench. Yep. And there's nothing around here that's flat. Plenty they're going to go bed there. Plenty of times. Let them go. Yeah, at 10 o'clock, it's like, hey, yeah. let's take a break for an hour. Let them go settle down. Let them bed down. And then we'll and sneak into the bed. Yeah. And, and then we take a nap. <laughs> we take a nap, eat some lunch, get the wind right, and we get in there in his face, aggressive. And then that's when you can call them away from cows. And two, a lot of times that, that time change between 8 and 10 a.m., somewhere in there, that wind is going to change, you know, in that yeah. morning to afternoon where you can, you know, try to get that midday get as much as possible, get a steady wind. It's so. not that much different. This isn't going to be that much different. It's I feel like I, feel like <laughs> I already... The things that are like different are not what you think are different. The things that, yeah. 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 that you're yeah. staying out there and that it's a huge animal, I think, really is the biggest... Sorry. And the vulcan. If you could morph... Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you can morph deer and turkey, it's not that much different. It's just a bigger scale, right? It's just yeah. a bigger scale. It Definitely. really is. It really isn't because, I mean, you could you could use the same thing with like a tom and hens or you could use a buck with a bed with a doe. I mean, you can do... It's. I mean, you can do the same thing. Like, you could have a buck bed down with the doe and then go in creep inside of his bubble crawl into you know 70 yards of him grunt thrash a tree and he's going to stand up and he's probably going to come over and see what you are and he's probably going to walk within boat range yeah. it's the same thing turkey with mm -hmm. tom with a head group of heads you know you crawl into his bubble and you don't make a, a noise and then if you were to like jake yelp for example and he's like wait who's over there where that's why people can reap turkeys, you know, like they crawl mm -hmm. with the decoy. Like that's why right. you can do that. Is like you're getting in their bubble. It's, it seems like the same thing with an elk. It's like 
you know, you're, you're hunting like a deer type creature that can smell that does a turkey vocalization and has a harem like a turkey. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. weird. It's like not, it, when you get, when you guys are talking about it, there's so many similarities to me that, that it and is. like when you're talking about looking at an, a map, it's just like when we see a, a buck go somewhere, it's like, well, he probably went right there. <laughs> that makes the most sense with this wind yeah. and with this terrain feature. He probably went right there because he's got his bases covered. You know, he's he's bedded here looking that way, wind this way, and then you can go there and he's probably there. Or yeah. you can be and get yourself back in the game. It's like, sounds like you guys do some very similar, similar stuff. For sure. It's cool. Yeah. And even that middle of the day thing when like, Everybody quits. Do exactly. the same thing. Get away from hunting pressure. Yeah. Do the same I mean, thing. 70% of people are heading back to camp or eating lunch or whatever. They're not thinking hunting at noon. Yeah. I'm most. Yeah, for it's, sure. You know, so then it's like you have the woods to yourself, cool. which is great because the name of the game is getting, especially when we're sitting here with 80 cars parked mm-hmm. all up and down these campgrounds, like we're trying to get away from people. Yeah, mm-hmm. we haven't really set the picture of exactly yeah. what it's like, <laughs> Cody. Uh, well, can, I mean, I mean, yeah, you, you said eighty cars. It is, it is Labor Day weekend. You've got uh, most of Colorado out recreating and enjoying oh, yeah. Colorado. And uh, so far, I wouldn't say that the hunting pressure is very high here. No, and we, we were surprised everywhere. too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the once we got here, we were like, man, yeah. they're really. I, I kept telling them, I'm like, man. We're seeing a lot of people, like cars and stuff, driving around, but like, there's not hunters out here. Yeah, yeah no, we, did see, we did see three on the way in, and they weren't even wearing packs. So yeah, yeah, I feel. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, you, you can kill elk a thousand different ways, and you can make it really hard. You can make it really easy. I enjoy the uh, embracing the suck. Yeah, exactly. And it's I like, do too. We, you yeah. could it's probably go hunt their a own. Different, yeah. different unit. We could be right now driving the truck, stop hiking all these points, bugling, trying to locate one tonight, sleep right there, hunt them in the morning. You may have more people on you, like four-wheelers or anything else. Um, I love the, the, the experience of waking up in the morning, loading your pack. You don't know where you're going to end up that night. You don't know how the things are going to happen. You just go to the day's end. You don't know... Like last year when we took Hush, like, oh, where, where are we going to camp tonight? I'm like, I don't know, wherever it's dark and it's halfway flat, like out of the wind. Cool. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just, you know, so embracing. <laughs> yeah, it's and there's something about being, yeah. <laughs> there's something about being at 10,000 feet in the mountains, like under the stars. That's the solitude of it, the mm. companionship, the brotherhood. Like, yeah, no I phone service. Yeah, no phone <laughs> service. Like, I have, no I'll be, be honest, like, I have not shared a lot of hunting camps with a lot of people. Like, our knit, or our circle's been pretty tight. Um, over the last couple of years, we started sharing it with more people. And it's just fun to take experience, learn, learn about people. And there's nothing, like, I, I had one was a best friend. I took elk hunting, and we're no longer friends. Like you, because he just like cracked under pressure, you know. So it's like you learn a lot about people, learn a lot about yourself in the mountains. Um, so um, I just your guys' attitude and like the the willingness to put in whatever it takes and learn. I'm super stoked on. Yeah, I, I'm super stoked to learn from you guys because I feel like I feel like I could go with a lot of different people, and I wouldn't have the experience that I'm going to have as far as like I feel like the styles mesh too well 
100%. Like, I feel like it's yeah. just, like, yeah. I'm so, like, how am I going to sleep now, guys? <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't have done this right now. We should have waited until, like, the morning and something. Like, yeah, now I'm what, just, like, see, I'm so It's pumped. 11 o'clock. Um, <laughs> I'm so jacked up yeah. right now. It's crazy. So, wrap it up for the night. Get some rest. Load the packs in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be after it. And then, what, we decide we're going to do kind of like a potentially and potentially if we have time like a middle of the hunt type podcast too I or, think so, or, for or, sure or, yeah or at the very least like a end of it like i think we have to do like a a breakdown yeah yeah we yeah, need three for sure yeah, yeah we need three podcasts it'd be awesome to yeah. get that like your guys's excitement from tonight middle of the road journey mm-hmm. after you kill one and then uh, <laughs> we just pack it out yeah and we'll get the yeah next time we go back in yeah yeah for sure so um, just so excited and I'm real real thankful for the opportunity because yeah. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of things learned and I'm just super stoked. Yeah, special times in the mountains in yeah. September. So yeah. well and, and to refer, return the favor at some point you guys gotta do some whitetail. Remember whitetail like <laughs> sign me up. We'll take you up on it someday. <laughs> so Sandow, this uh, the Born and Raised audio experience is literally the only reason it happened was because we had this crazy idea and Onyx got behind it. And so having you get, having you here and being a part of this, this is the first time you actually got on the, like, the podcast. On the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Been on, well, what, we hunted elk and then we had the bear hunt. Yeah, I had the bear hunt. Yeah, first time on the podcast. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have you here and, like I said, make new friends. Like, when I drive up, you know, I watch you guys, but I, I feel like I know you, but I know. you never, you right. know. Yeah. Um, it's so, so hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Wes, Wes, and Ted and I had met in mm-hmm. Wisconsin, yeah. but yeah. but other than that, like, it is a weird thing. I will say, like, watching each other, you feel like you know each other, but at the same time, like, what I think is so cool about like our platforms that, like, is both both plat- or both both uh, you know, channels, I guess, is it's. What you see is what you get. There's no, yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. There's no surprises. There's no, like, ooh, that's not what I thought. Like, and I knew, and I knew that before I met you guys, and that's, I think that's, that's super That's cool. why we iced you to start <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so good. Uh, so I think with that, good night, guys, and yeah. uh, look forward for to sharing week. more. Yep. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>